Joseph's brothers have sold him into slavery, and he is taken down into Egypt, where he will be sold as a slave by Ishmaelites. Genesis 39 And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down into Egypt. And the Lord was with Joseph. That's all that matters. That's all that matters to any of us. Is God with us? For if God is with us, he will give us wisdom in our circumstance, in the problems of this life, and we will overcome all problems of this present life through turning to God and hearing his wisdom and following him. God will make us the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. And we will have the blessings of God on our lives as long as we live on this earth and hear from God telling us what to do in each of the problems of this life. But there are many people who are Christians who do not turn to God. There are many people who have gone forth and been baptized and are not born of the Spirit of God, and they don't turn to God. Jesus said there are few that be that find the way of life. Many go in the way of destruction. Few there be that find the way of life. Matthew chapter 7. Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, they who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. We have a church member who has demonstrated to me that she turns to God in problems and hears from God and solves the problem through the information God brings to her. There's another church member who has demonstrated to me that she tries to work everything out of her own mind. There's a huge difference in these two. This second one was almost destroyed recently. I intervened, and through what God told me, she was restored. But she just almost destroyed herself by her own wisdom. She got so bad that she actually ended up sending me an email telling of the worthiness of her husband for God to have mercy on him because of his worthiness. 
And God had me send her an interesting statement. I copied her letter where she told of all of the good works of her husband through his whole life and how he was worthy of mercy of God. God had me say, So are we now saved by works? And God had me send the chapter of Revelation Chapter 5, showing that no man is worthy. Only Jesus is worthy. Apparently, she read the email that I sent her where I quoted the whole chapter, chapter 5. And she wrote and said, Of course, I see. This really helps me. She had got so overwhelmed by a medical problem with him that she was begging God to save him. He's not born again. She was telling God what a good guy he was and begging God to save him because of him being a good guy. I also wrote her and I said, I know you had a dream one time about him, and that God showed him either reading the Bible or it was something indicating salvation. That's the thing you need to focus on, not his worthiness, not him being such a good guy. I have a cousin who was a leader in Church of Christ. Her husband's family were big deal leaders in Church of Christ. He was a medical doctor by profession. They came to see us when I lived in Clovis. New Mexico, USA. My mother, I went there and lived there during the last part of her life. My cousin came to town one day with her husband, and she told me, she's been Church of Christ all her life, raised in Church of Christ, and she told me this. She said, on our trip, we came past a small Church of Christ on a Sunday, and we went to church there. I wish you could have just seen the way they praised Charles, her husband. It was wonderful. I shuddered. It's praising God, praising Jesus. Our success is all because of what God has done in our life, telling us what to do by his Spirit giving us the Bible as examples of what to do, giving us the written word of God, giving us the word of God brought directly to our mind by the Holy Spirit. That's why we know what to do, because we hear from God and we follow him. And they're there praising her husband, who's a medical doctor. I thought of that when I saw the member of our church dealing with her husband's medical problems as a patient. Not once did I ever hear her say, I turned to God and he showed me this. With Pam Padgett's story of dealing with a very aggressive cancer, she constantly said, I turned to God, and he showed me to do this. 
and everything was overcome by following God and doing what he showed her. She was diagnosed in September of having this cancer because she changed treatments in the middle of what the doctors were doing and did what God said. In April of the following year of 2023, the cancer was gone, completely gone. We will print on the bottom of the writing that's attached to this story of Joseph. We'll print a link on this telling of the cancer and how Pam turned to God at every step and did what she heard to do. It is a remarkable story, but it can be very bad if you follow doctors and you do everything the world says to do. In the case of this church member that's in our group, her husband had an attack of kidney stones, terribly, terribly painful, so I've heard. Following the attack of kidney stones, they took him to ER. That's the only place they could get anyone to look at him. They took him to the ER and they gave him narcotics for the pain. And no one prescribed treatment and the urologist didn't even come to see him. They went back home. The next day they went to ER again for pain. The ER eventually prescribed a prescription for pain. No one's treating the problem. He fell at one point, and it turned out he'd had a stroke. And he fell again, and then they took him to ER and discovered he had had a stroke. They put him in a hospital and kept him for two weeks in a hospital, and no one ever checked the kidney problem. It continued unchecked. This is ridiculous. Then they finally, by certain influence, managed to get him an appointment at the urologist, an earlier appointment. And the urologist said the kidney stone was so big that they would have to operate and break it up. But they didn't have an operating date for the operating room. They would put him on the list to operate. They told him this on an emergency meeting. I'm recording this podcast a week after this, and so far as I know, he has never been notified of coming to the hospital for surgery. That's living with this horribly painful problem. But to my knowledge, they still have not gotten the operating room. Now, I'm telling you, this is not God. The yoke of God is easy. When you yoke yourself with the plan of God, it's easy easy to be entreated, and his burden is light. This is not the plan of God, and yet the church member showed no sign 
of seeking anything but the plan of the world. And the whole thing is just awful. But when I got this email from her saying a prayer where she'd asked God to have mercy on her husband, and she wrote, citing all of his good works that he had done in life. And God had me say, are we now saved by works? So we can get really, really, really off the path as we're terrified, as we are fighting the battle. We can get really off, even if we are born again. And this is an example of that. On today's written material attached to this podcast, at the bottom of the page, we will put the story Pam Paget wrote of God helping her at every step of the way during the cancer, because that is one of the best stories I've ever read of anyone turning to God. So you will see in that story an example of how you really turn to God. That will be at the bottom of this page of writing. Now back to the story of Joseph, where God helped him at every step of the way while he was in slavery. He was brought down into slavery when he was 17 years old. He had no possessions, just the clothes on his back when Pontifer bought him. Genesis 39. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Pontifer, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. He had been a slave. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight. God caused that to happen. And he served Potiphar. And Potiphar made him overseer over his house. And all that he had, he put into his hand. Joseph was in charge of everything. Because he had wisdom from God, he acted in wisdom from God, everything worked out just well for Potiphar. His house was blessed by God because of Joseph. God caused it all. Verse 5, And it came to pass from the time that he had made Joseph overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Wherever we are, we are a blessing to those people around us, just like Abraham was a blessing, just like 
Joseph was a blessing because we belong to God. We're children of God, elect of God, chosen by God. And he's going to bless wherever we are. In some cases, if he wants you to change a job or something, then things might go a little wrong to get you out of that job so that you can go into the job where he wants you. But it's all of God. Romans 8, 28. First read verse 1 of Romans 8. There is, therefore, now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, to the elect of God, to the ones born again. Because they walk not after the flesh, they don't do things by the way of the world. God shows them what to do. So they walk after the Spirit. There is no, therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Everything is blessed because they hear from the Holy Spirit of God directly to their mind, and they do that. In 2018, when God had a plan to move me from Lubbock, Texas to Colorado Springs, first I fell at my house in Texas, and I was badly injured. I was about six feet away from the telephone. I tried to crawl to it on the side that wasn't broken, but it was so painful, I just couldn't do it. I could go half an inch at a time, maybe, and almost passed out. I lived alone. I had no help. My only hope was to get to that telephone to call for help. When God spoke to me, the word that I needed to give me strength to keep trying to get to the telephone, God spoke to me and said, you can do this. And because of that word, I could do it. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ, the word that strengtheneth me. And that was exactly what this case was with me. Before, God spoke to me, I couldn't crawl. After God said, you can do this, I was able to crawl to the telephone. Took me four and a half hours to get about six feet. But I did reach the telephone. But when I pulled on the cord, the phone squirted off across the room and I never saw it again. But under that table where the phone had been sitting, there was a Kindle that was hooked up to a charger, a Kindle tablet. I thought, if I can get an email out to our church group, they're scattered all over the United States, but one of them might call and get me help. And that's what happened. I almost passed out. I barely could make any sense on the email that I forwarded 
to our church group because I was in bad condition. Pam Padgett got the email in Colorado Springs. Now, you can't just call 911 and get help when the person is in another town. But Pam called the Lubbock Police Department and told what had happened. And they got an ambulance to come to my house. And they took me to the hospital. And as they rolled me past the front door of that house in Texas, I heard these words from God. You'll never see this house again. When I was able to do so from the hospital, I put the house up for sale. One of our church members said, I don't see how you can do this. And I said, but I've heard from God that I will never see this house again. This is another example of a church member who has faith who is born again, who has heard from God and knows she's heard from God and acts upon what she's heard versus a church member who has just witnessed it but doesn't have faith in God, doesn't really believe God has spoken to me, can't understand how I can put my house up for sale. Well, I'm not going to need a house in Texas when I'm going to live in Colorado. Now it took a year and a half for that house to sell. And many times I prayed to God and I said to God what he had said to me. You told me that I would never see the house again in Texas. I need a buyer for that house. I waited a year and a half before the house sold. And I prayed many times the same thing. You told me I'd never see the house again. I don't need two houses. I don't need a house in Texas while I'm living in Colorado. The house did sell a year and a half after I put it on the real estate market. Sometimes you have to wait on God. Sometimes you have to sort of hammer away like Jacob wrestled with that angel and wouldn't turn that angel loose until the angel blessed him. The angel said, you must turn me loose. I will not turn you loose. Back and forth, they fought. He would not turn the angel loose. The angel touched his thigh and knocked it out of place. He would not give up. He held on till he got the blessing. There is a scripture which says, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violence take it by force. And sometimes it is a matter of pleading with God in the right way, taking that blessing by force, not willing to give up and not willing to let go. Some people just let go and blame God. That is destruction. We have to hold on until the matter is resolved. And sometimes it can take some time. I waited four years one time for a prayer to be answered. But one day that prayer was answered and victory was there through God 
who gave me the wisdom to know what to do in the problem. You have to hold on until you get that wisdom. The wisdom from God. You can't just go off on your own and try to figure it out. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that good and perfect will of God. Back to the story of Joseph. This is in Genesis chapter 39, and we are at verse 5. And it came to pass from the time Pontifer had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. It's not being amazed at Joseph. It's being amazed at God, who worked everything out for Joseph. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, Pontifer did. And he knew not aught he had save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. God did it all. So we admire God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask because of the power that worketh in us. The Holy Spirit is in the believer. We have access to God. We hear wisdom from God. We do what God says, not following the world. And God causes us to succeed. But if we go off on our own and follow the world, we're going to be very frustrated. Now, in the life of Joseph, everything is just going great. He's in charge of Pontifer's house, and everything he does prospers because God gives him wisdom to show him what to do, and he does it. So everything is wonderful, but that's going to all change. And it's going to change because of Pontifer's wife, who sets her eyes on Joseph and wants to have sex with Joseph. And Joseph refuses to have sex with her and says, how could I do this great wickedness against God and sin against God? So it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business and there was none of the men of the house therein. And Potiphar's wife caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. 
and he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. If you have to flee naked, but flee, flee the sin. Sexual sins are different from all other sins, says the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 6. Paul told us this in 1 Corinthians 6. By sexual intercourse, we become one flesh with that other person, even if it's a prostitute. You want to go through your life one flesh with a prostitute and later be one flesh with a wife? This is going to be a terrible problem for you. There are going to be consequences that are dastardly come upon you. 1 Corinthians 6, let's stop and read that before we continue with Joseph. Starts at verse 15 of 1 Corinthians 6. Paul says, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot, a prostitute? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? At the time of sexual intercourse, you become one body, even if it's a prostitute. For two saith he shall be one flesh. Two saith God shall be one flesh. And Paul shows us how that happens. It's through sexual intercourse. Therefore, Paul says in verse 18, flee fornication, and that's what Joseph did. He fled fornication. He said, how can I do this great wickedness against God? And when the wife of Pontifer grabbed his garment, she managed to pull it off of him, and he fled without his garment, leaving the garment in her hand. Flee fornication, Paul says. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. This applies to women also. Sex outside of marriage is against your own body. It isn't a matter that you can do that now because you've got pills that keep you from getting pregnant. It's a sin against your own body and your one flesh with that man until death do you part. And you're bound to have a fragmented mind. Recently, the husband of one woman died in our church group. And she had had sex before marriage. After marriage, she got pregnant twice by this man, and then they divorced, and then she married another man. Well, when the first husband died, I just wondered what happened inside her. She's now free from this man, but she wasn't freed by a divorce. There was still somehow one flesh, the first husband. 
and one flesh with the second husband at the same time. For two will be one flesh upon sexual intercourse. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. And we see by Joseph, it's a great sin against God. And Joseph was unwilling to do this great sin against God. All these Old Testament scriptures are examples for us, warnings for us, and show us the way of God and the way that's not of God. And we learn so much from them. And we're so much stronger as a result of looking and reading these Old Testament scriptures. And in today's world, there is little sign of integrity in people. So we have to do even more to hold on and not be swept away by the world. Jesus says in Matthew 24 that it would get so bad in the end times that unless the days are shortened, no flesh would be saved. Even the elect would not be saved unless the days are shortened. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. But in the meantime, we read the scriptures which strengthen us and I don't know anything that strengthens as much as the examples given in the Old Testament. So we're going to do a lot of work in this area to help you in these times of lack of integrity in both the church and the world. The church has become so apostate in most cases. I don't even know any church that teaches the scripture, Matthew 5.32, the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. That would be very unpopular, and they would lose church members, and they would lose money. The churches today are so apostate. And that's exactly what Paul tells us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. If you want to read it in the New American Standard Bible, they even call it apostate. Well, Joseph is a great example of God giving him the power to get away from Potiphar's wife and not have sex with her. And he fled naked because she got his garment in her hand. So if you have to flee naked, you flee naked. A man from our church group tried to rape me. He said he was a prophet at Word of Faith. He invited me to go to church with him once. We went to church, and when we got back to my apartment, he came in to have coffee. But this man was a man of the world, and coffee... To him, wasn't the same as coffee to me. So I really innocently made the coffee, expecting us to sit down at the table and talk about the meeting and what we'd learned and things of God and drink coffee. 
I went into the kitchen and made the coffee. And when I came out, this man was standing there totally naked. And he grabbed me and tried to force me to have sex. I got loose from him, grabbed my house keys, fled my apartment, drove around the corner and watched till I saw him come out of my apartment building and drive away. Then I went back into my apartment and locked the door. Flee. This story of Joseph shows exactly what the elect of God is to do in the situation. Potiphar's wife caught him by his garment saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out. And he said, How can... I do such a great sin against God. After that, Pontifer's wife bears false witness against Joseph. She tells the men of the household that Joseph tried to rape her. She shows them his garment as proof of what he tried to do. She tells her husband, when he comes home, that Joseph tried to rape her, she shows him the garment that he left behind. Verse 19. And it came to pass, when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that the master's wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison, in a dungeon-type prison. Verse 21, But the Lord was with Joseph. (laughs) Everywhere he goes, God is with him. Everywhere we go, God is with us. It's the same when we belong to God. Verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Even if the witness is false against us, we will win out when God is with us. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.